0: Good morning, everyday people. Um, It's just my privilege to be bringing God's Word to us again. How are you feeling right now about God's calling on your life or your usefulness to the gospel and to the mission that God has called you to? Have we paused or have you paused and said to yourself, even just quietly in your inner heart and your mind, um, when church starts again and life returns to normal, I'm gonna become active. I'm gonna activate my life and the mission and the call to make disciples again. And many of us have. I think I would be amiss to to not acknowledge where we find ourselves. Many of us are are just exhausted. We are tired in this season. We are we are over this. I've heard people say we're done with lockdown. We we, we are over COVID. Many of us are fearful, many of us are fearing for our own health. We have experienced loss. Many of us are lamenting the loss of family and friends who've lost their lives because of COVID. And a very real fear crept into our heart over these times. So how in the midst of this season is a preach on the call of God in our lives still relevant? It's relevant because the gospel continues, the mission of God continues, and God is still working um, in many, many ways. Maybe in thousands of ways in your life and in my life. And we might only be aware of one or two of those ways, but He certainly continues to work. And the passage we're going to read this morning is Luke 5, where Jesus calls his first disciples. And it's interesting, when I looked at the relevance of this text to where we are, and we have to be relevant, we have to read this text and God's scripture, and then we have to apply it to our our daily lives. Where We find ourselves today, the 2nd of August, 2020. What a year, 2020. We find ourselves tired. We find ourselves fearful exhausted we find ourselves disappointed that so many prayers have not seemingly been answered in the way that we've expected them to be answered but when you read luke 5 and we're going to look at it it's interesting for me because jesus finds these disciples on the on the seashore very much where we find ourselves today tired exhausted um maybe even angry frustrated disappointed anxious because they couldn't provide they have just come from an all-nighter fishing all night Doing everything they can to supply food for their families and for their for their village, and they've come out come out empty-handed, and at their lowest ebb emotionally, spiritually, and physically, Jesus calls them to follow him. And I think it's a beautiful picture because it speaks of where we find ourselves today. And I say to you, at you at our lowest, our seemingly where we are weak. Jesus comes and He calls us to follow Him. And we're going to look today, we're going to look at the Scripture, the first 11 verses in Luke 5, this beautiful encounter. And then we're going to look at Jesus' call. And why do we still say yes? And why can you and I this morning, with a big yes in our heart, say, Yes, Jesus, we're going to answer your call to, to, to make disciples, to make fish and become fishers of men. We are, going to, we are not going to stop the mission of God because of lockdown, because where we find ourselves or where we even find ourselves in our heart, our lowness. We're going to say yes. We're We're going to find our confidence and our courage in you, Christ, and, and say yes to your call this morning. So let's turn to Luke 5. We're going to read the first 11 verses together. Let's go there now. Luke 5, verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out, of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and the nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also James, the son of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, "Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men." And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. What a passage we've all heard already. If you've been in church for for any time, you would have heard and you would have read this passage many, many times. And first thing we're going to look at is this: the the total the call to total service to Christ. The first thing we look at is. Is Jesus calls us to total service, to give our everything to Him, to to lay down our everything for the call. And when we and, and, and in verse 11, He says this. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Him. This passage ends radically. They've left they left their boats, their fishing nets, everything that they knew before. And they follow Jesus. That's radical. This the call to follow Jesus is a radical call. It's a it's an all-or-nothing call. It's it's his mission, not my mission. We every single believer have we have to all come to that place in our heart where we where we say to us, Jesus, you can have everything. I'm prepared to leave everything and follow you. Jesus is that kind of Messiah, He's that kind of Lord and Savior that in some ways and demands and causes and the call of Christ is a is a total surrender. It's a, it's a, everything is in everything is on the line. I had the privilege this week of speaking to to a young man who who told me his story of of Jesus working in his heart and how at a at a young age and a young married couple they they sold every belonging they had and they moved to another country to go serve. And to be equipped as missionaries, and they moved their house and whole household, and they moved their whole family, their young family, to a foreign country, trained and served the gospel for for many years in this other country. And I listen to this, and I'm going, "Wow, this is the chance of me having this conversation on a, on the on, on a day or two before before we we preach on the call of God." And the danger for you and I is that we listen to stories like that, and we go, "Oh, that's for some." That's only a few people are called that way. Actually, Jesus calls all of us to a total surrender to him. This is Peter. Peter has just personally seen Jesus heal his mom from, from, remember last week, the the high fever, and she was deathly ill. And Jesus has just encountered, uh, Peter has just encountered Jesus, and he sees Jesus healing his mom. and, And now this is not just anybody. This is Jesus. There's a personal experience of Jesus doing something. This is not just another prophet or another rabbi down the road. Peter was... Convinced that Jesus is God, the Son of God. And the Son of God calls. And when the Son of God speaks and calls, I give my everything. I don't don't go half in. This is God calling me. This is not just honor calling you. This is not your church calling you. This is not missional church saying, hey, get on mission. No, Jesus calls you and I to become fishers of men. He's clear on that. Matthew speaks that you are called to make disciples of all the nations of the earth. C.S. Lewis says this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. C.S. Lewis is very clear, it's either important or it's not important, but the one thing it's never is, it's mediocre. It's maybe if, No, 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 Jesus doesn't call us to a half in, maybe when it suits me, or maybe when I feel like it. Maybe when lockdown's over, I'll get active again. I'll, I'll pick up my call again. I'll pick up the thing that God has called me to. We don't have that excuse anymore. Technology allows us to, to reach our neighbours, to to, to to keep making disciples of one another, to keep being brothers and sisters, and to keep being missionaries in our, serv- in our place our, of work, etc. And the application here is not that we all sell everything and move to a different country. The application is that when Jesus calls us, you and I are in our hearts pick up the trust the Holy Spirit and we pick up every bit of faith that we have and every bit of ounce of courage that we have and we say, yes Jesus use me. Yes Jesus I will become a disciple maker. Yes Jesus I'm gonna follow the call. And we do this in the midst of our weakness, in our in our weakest moment. And I I think there's something special in that we're reading this passage together as a church in our in our weakest in many many ways. In in our scatteredness when, when everything is not normal where everything is not the way that we would prefer it to be, in this season, we still get to say, yes, Jesus, would you use me? Maybe pause where we are right now, this morning. You're God, what are you, Jesus, you're calling me. What are you calling me to? And we, each one of us, get to hear God's voice. We get to say yes to God's call. And to each one of us, he has unique callings in our lives. He has unique friendships that he wants us to influence and people that he wants us to love and disciple. The second part of what we're going to look at in the calling of Jesus is we're going to pick it up in verse eight, and it's the this idea that this is not just anyone calling me. This is the Son of God calling me. This is not just a book or a church or an honor or a pastor calling me. This is, like I said, not a. This is God calling us. Listen to verse eight in how it's, Peter's response to Jesus is calling them, but when Simon saw it, he fell down on his at the knees of Jesus, saying depart from me i am a sinful man oh god i'm sure many of us our our heart response is lord i'm not worthy of this lord are are you sure you're calling me i want to say to you that if you're a christ follower this morning he calls you each one of us we are called by him and peter doesn't see in his response god you are so holy who am i the, the the falling on his knees is a sign of I'm not worthy. You are Lord. You there's a there's a massive gap between you and me. I'm not Jesus. I'm not I'm nothing like you. Why would you call me? And Peter isn't his response isn't, Yeah, that's that's about right. Jesus, you know me. I'm a upstanding right person. I'm the kind of person that you want on my on your team. You are Jesus, you are actually quite lucky and blessed to have me say yes to your call and of course I'm gonna say yes. Peter didn't look at his own abilities or his own, co- own confidences. He didn't look at himself and say, oh, I'm in a good place spiritually, I can say yes. Yes, I'm in a good place, Jesus. I'm an upstanding citizen. Of course you want me on your team. No, he doesn't. He doesn't look this, see this call as a reward for being special or being a uniquely gifted or talented person. His response to the call is a very humble response. It's an incredibly humbling thing for God to call us to his incredible mission, to his incredible um, um, calling towards making disciples in this time of our, in our lives. It is a humble thing that God would use, it that, that this great God would call an ordinary everyday man to mission with him and to partnership with him. Brother Peter realizes that he's standing in front of the most beautiful, important, the most incredible God, most gracious Lord. He's just come to a personal realization that Jesus is the Son of God. God is speaking to me. And I think we would do well as modern day Christ followers to remember that just to be humble before this God. That the call that God has for you and I, there's a humility in us. That yes, God, wow, you would call me. We look at some examples um, in, the, in the Old Testament, in, in Abraham, in Genesis 18, when God calls him, he says, Behold, I've undertaken to speak to the Lord. I am but dust and ashes is asher is Abraham's response to Jesus or to God's calling to to become a, a father of many nations. Job when God speaks to him. Job in Job speaks, and then Isaiah, the famous scripture in Isaiah 6, verse 5, it says, Woe is to me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king. There's this this, when people encounter in the old testament jesus or god the father the holiness of god their first response is an absolute humility and a realization that we are not worthy of this incredible call there's a humility that comes and it would be good for us as christians and for christ as christ followers especially in this season to to have a posture of humility towards god in this call we are called by god and the, and the beauty and the strength and the specialness of of this call, forgive me for not having better words. Is is in Christ. The beauty of it is because Jesus is so wonderful. Because Jesus is so caring and loving, we get to we get to say yes to this invitation to join Him on His mission. an anonymous person said this: "The living water of grace is sweet, only to those who have tasted the bitter taste of their own sin. Grace and the love of Jesus is." Is only beautiful to us because we realize how sinful we are. And when we when we diminish our sinfulness, or we 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 pretend that we're holier than thou, or holier than we even are, and we 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 diminish our sinfulness and our, our need for saving. We diminish the cross. Jesus is not as holy or as great, but when we have a true view of just how sinful we were, the depth of our sin that we're facing, the depth of our sin that Christ has saved us from. What happens is the cross becomes larger and larger in our lives. And we're busy having some gospel conversations. And one of the ways that we shrink the cross in our lives is that we bring God's holiness down to a level that we feel we can achieve. And we we ignore, we pretend that we're holier than now, We pretend that we don't have sin. But for us to have a large vision of the cross and the beauty of the gospel, two things have to happen. One, we have to we have to not shy away from the holiness of God and the the, the, the massive gap between us and God, in his holiness, in his presence, in his perfection, in his grace, and his mercy and his love. And we also we don't shy away from the fact that we are fallen, broken people. And so the gap does this. And as the gap between our sinfulness and His holiness enlarges, and as we mature as Christ followers, that view of ourselves enlarge. We see God as holy and holier. Not because God becomes more holy. No, because we recognize, we learn to see God's holiness as for what it really, really is. And our sinfulness becomes very, very clear to us. And we, we become aware of our sinfulness. Not that we become more and more sinful. No, no. We just become aware that we are so sinful. And we need a Savior so desperately. And so the cross looms larger and larger. And, it, and we read Peter's, Peter's response to this. It's very clear that Peter comes face to face with Jesus. And we ask, God, you are so holy. You are so mighty. You heal the sick. You have authority over demons. You teach with authority. I'm a, I'm a fisherman. I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy of you. And with that humility, we come to God. With that humility, this is the Son of God calling us. The cross, the gospel calls us. To love one another, the gospel calls us to, even in lockdown, even in this season, to say yes to the Son of God. Say yes, I'm going to say yes to your call. You're calling me out. You're calling me into your into your mission, onto your mission, into the lives of people. Maybe we've you've taken some steps back from from caring or loving for your friends. Maybe you've disengaged from your friends that don't know Jesus. Maybe you've even disengaged from your church friends that. That you used to encourage and love and and nudge towards growing in their faith. I want to encourage you this morning. Won't you say yes again to this king of to the king of kings, to to the Lord of Lords, to Jesus, the Son of God? He's inviting you this morning to say, to say, Yes, I'm gonna engage. Yes, I'm gonna say yes to the call. Yes, I'm gonna make disciples. Yes, I'm gonna love people towards you, Jesus. And then thirdly, we look at the call, the the mercy and mission that accompanies this beautiful call. And we read. Verse 10b, and Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. So, what we see in this beautiful passage is Jesus is marrying mercy and mission together for Simon in his heart. First of all, mercy says to him, Do not be afraid. Right now, Jesus is saying to you and to me, Do not be afraid. Do not be scared. Do not fear. But he's also calling us to mission, saying, with that lack of fear with that not being afraid there is a mission i'm calling you to something greater and we see this happening in the disciples lives right now the disciples are now going to start fishing for men and just for the language around searching for fish so they've been out searching for fish looking for fish everywhere and they came back empty-handed then we know what happened in this story this beautiful miracle takes place when they obey jesus and jesus understands that when he calls us to fish for men that there's a searching going to take place. That you and I will search. We will find men. We will we will we will find people and we will disciple them. Discipleship in the church does not happen by osmosis. It doesn't just happen and by chance. It actually takes intentionally searching out. We love using the pick pray prioritize in our church. We pick pick a friend or two, um, pray for them, but and prioritize time with them. And if you're saying how do I honor? Like how do I say yes? to this mission that God has called us to disciple and love people towards Jesus. It's as easy as that. Ask God, God, what are the th- give me 3 names, give me 3 people that you would like me to invest my life into. Extra time, I'm going to so- I'm going to hang with them, I'm going to contact them. Um, I've done that over lockdown. Someone um, asked, "How do you stay on mission in lockdown?" I've deliberately personally just chosen one or two friends that really don't know Jesus, that are far from him, and once a week or twice a, twice a month and as, as I feel the need, I'll contact them just to build a friendship. And one of them have already started sharing stuff in their marriage and sharing stuff that they're struggling with. And so all I've done is by prioritizing my friendship with this guy, I've created a consistency and I've chatted. I've prayed that God would open a gap and that he would start talking and we could have a conversation around the gospel. So maybe for you on mission, you're saying, how do we do this? Just mm-hmm. look around you. Ask God three and it could just it could be Christ followers, it could be not not Christ followers yet. Um, the mission of God is to make disciples and we, we disciple folk in the faith and into the faith. So my friend who who's got a marriage issue and he's struggling in lockdown with his family, and I'm I'm hopefully I'm discipling him, I'm fishing, I'm I'm searching, I'm I'm trying to bring him to faith, I'm trying to bring him to Jesus, I'm trying to show him Jesus. And then I've got other friends who are Christ followers, but are struggling with their faith, with issues around fear and anxiety. And I'm discipling them. I'm showing them the gospel. And so our discipleship is into faith and also in faith and through faith. So we can do that. I'm going to challenge you maybe this morning as we end off, think again freshly. And we've done this plenty of times as a church. But I think we're going to keep doing it because the gospel calls us in mercy. Do not be afraid. And on to mission. There is a, a calling for us here. And some of the questions I've written down that you could ask is, who are you connecting with at the moment? Who are you intentionally building connections with? Are you, who are you intentionally seeking out? Who are you inviting to church or to online or to conversations, etc.? And who are you telling about Jesus? Are there friends that you are trusting or creating space or gaps to share about Jesus? Who are you praying for at the moment? It's so easy in these times to pray for ourselves and our families and, and all those close to us. I want to encourage you in your prayer life. Why don't we in this in this season why don't we stretch our, our prayer boundaries a bit and and include our friends who don't know Jesus and our, our friends who are struggling in their faith and and pray for them and, and prioritize maybe a WhatsApp message or a call and maybe once a week you can put into your diary I'm gonna I'm gonna call my friend Joe and I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage him and just see how he's doing. It's a lot easier than than we do we're gonna evangelize and we're gonna disciple we're going to, and, and and making disciples like I said is we're discipling folk into our faith into 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 Christ and we're also discipling those in Christ and growing in their view of the gospel and lastly the fourth little thing on, on our calling that I want to focus on this morning is what i want to say is we can trust him we can trust Jesus we can we can have confidence in the authority of Jesus remember last week Jesus taught in authority authority over the supernatural authority over even illness. We can trust Jesus. You and know, I can trust him. When he calls us to follow him and to make disciples, we can trust him. We can trust Jesus that he will look after us. That we, when he says to us, do not be afraid, we can, be, we can park our fear, we can put our fear aside. In verse 5 and 6, it says this. The, resp- the response to Jesus is, Master, we have toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a a large number of fish and the nets were breaking. They obeyed Jesus. Jesus asked them, in their tired state, in their exhausted state, disappointed, frustrated, angry state. He said, come trust me once more. I know that you and I, many of us are facing incredibly similar emotions to what the disciples felt at the end of a long, slog evening with no fruit and no results. Disappointment, anger, frustration, fear, anxiety. What are we going to feed our families? And Jesus still called them and said, come, throw your net in one more time. They obeyed him, and the rest is history. We know the story. Nets so large that they had to call their partners with extra boats, come and help we dream as fishermen of days like that when we catch so many fish and we're giving it away because we, we can't take it all home ourselves. And Jesus says, throw in the net again and you'll catch. And they did that. They obeyed. They, they, and, they, and so they just seen Jesus perform this incredible miracle of provision. I want to remind you of all the provisions that Christ has provided for you. Even in lockdown, even in these seasons, I am convinced that not one of us here listening to this have gone through this season without God's grace over us. I know for a fact that God has been gracious to you and to me because He is gracious. He is a gracious God. And, and often we forget those miracles. We forget the things that God has done. And maybe this morning, take time just to reflect again in your in our prayer after this. God, thank you for your faithfulness. And don't forget the largest or the biggest thing that God has done for you and I. He has forgiven our sins. He has taken the... The the gap between Him and us and He has by His Son's blood on the cross paid the price so you and I can be reconciled with Him and we can call ourselves sons and daughters of God. We were strangers and enemies and He has paid the price for you and I to be His sons and daughters. There is nothing larger, there's nothing better that He could ever give us. We have got that. So you and I have seen the grace of God. We've experienced the grace of God. Now we get to obey. Now we get to to say yes to his call to love others towards him. Jesus ordains all of us. He says that we would make disciples um, of every nation. like This call is not limited just to um, our neighborhood or to our friends. No, there's large calls. For some of us sitting in the room, God's going to call you and has called you to other cities and other nations. And as a church, it would be nothing um, more than nothing less than spectacular. <laughs> I don't know what words to use. Exciting, um, um, beautiful for us as a church just to one day be releasing some of you to other cities, to other nations, because you're answering God's call over your life. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Psalm 3, verse 8. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, But For by grace you've been saved and through faith. And it is not your own name. This is a gift from God. God has given us not just our, the grace to get through COVID. He hasn't just given us the grace to survive or to have food or have friends. No, he's given us the grace of our salvation as our gift. You and I can trust him. Why why can I say to you, friends, say yes to his call. If you've put down the mission of God in your life, if you've put down walking with others and encouraging others in their faith, won't won't you pick up that call again this morning? If you've... If you've put down missions, said I'm gonna, I can't engage my friends around faith anymore because I can't see them, I can't play touch with them, I can't go fishing, or I can't. Why don't you pick it up again? Pick up the phone and and engage again. Won't you engage in the call of God? There, it is for everyone of us we are we are useful in this time. Do not uh, let's not allow lockdown and where we find ourselves to cancel us, to 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 box us, or to place us in a place where where, we, where we, we step back and we, we hide from the call of God. Let's trust this amazing Jesus. Let's reach out to our friends. Let's pick our friends. Pick three friends, whether they they, they Christ follows or not. Pick three. Prioritize messages or, or try and grab a coffee. You can take a coffee and have social distancing. We, we're allowed to do that now. I phone them maybe once a week and pray for them. Pray that God would would, would, would break into their lives together. I'm going to pray for us this morning. Jesus, thank you for your incredible call thank you that despite what we face right now you're calling us as your sons and daughters to mission to making disciples i pray that we would have faith and holy spirit that you would help us say yes to your calling that we would not cancel the last months or the months ahead and and almost slip into an apathy and and, and allow mission and and serving others to slip out of our lives but freshly this morning we want to say yes to you jesus yes we will make disciples yes we will serve and love one another lord jesus thank you for your grace towards us thank you that you see usefulness in us in even in these times and lord we we pick our friends we pray for them we we want to make strategic decisions on how we spend our time even who we message and whatsapp would you use this lord to to serve the mission of god would you use us to be fishers of men and make disciples for you? We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's do this thing. You and I, are this week, let's pick three, let's pray for them, let's give them a WhatsApp message, let's re-engage in the mission of God together again. Have a fantastic week, all of you. We love you.